Hey guys and welcome back to Penny for Your Thoughts with me Becky B where I talk all things exercise, nutrition, mindset and everything in between. Hey guys and welcome back. So this week I thought I'd talk a bit about hormones. Now I'm not going to go too crazy into them because I think there could be so much to talk about and so much like in-depth stuff so I just wanted to do a base fit mainly because I have found this last week has been such a struggle for me um like from a more mental perspective so I found I'm just so anxious and the only thing I can literally place this down to is probably hormonal changes because I I'm not I don't have anxiety but I have moments where I do get anxious and usually I can use certain tools and I can get myself out of it and out of that headspace now this last week I found I just cannot like it's like a pit in my stomach I'm just so anxious about things and I'm overthinking everything and I just think well I know that hormones are going to play a role in it and obviously like it's a big life change isn't it getting pregnant like it's not just something like it's not just like a little walk in the park a lot of things change but I've found that I'm just overthinking everything and sleep has been so disrupted as well, which again, I think plays a role with hormones because in my first trimester, I found that I had such bad like sleep insomnia. Um, and then it, it got better and I seem to have like a week or a few weeks where it's really good. And then I'll have a week where it's really like bad (laughs) and it's not optimal at all and I'm just tossing and turning and I just cannot switch off and I just sing the same song over and over and over and over in my head now I, I think this is an ADHD thing as well because I remember talking to a psychotherapist about it and she was like yeah that's quite like it ADHD thing basically I mean I'm sure other people do it as well but I get it a lot where if I wake up in the night I will be singing a song in my head and it's so hard for me to switch off then and I just keep singing the same song over and over and over and I don't know if anybody has watched it but I was doing it to it was the J-Lo's in it oh it's called is it like will you marry me or something or marry me um and she sings a song in that and there's lyrics in it that's like church bell's gonna ring 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 and I honestly (laughs) over and over and over in my head on like the night just constantly just that and I couldn't think where it's from either so then that was keeping me awake because I was like obsessing over it and the first thing I did when I woke up in the morning once I did eventually get to sleep was try and google these lyrics and it wouldn't come up and I couldn't for the life of me remember where it was from the only song that kept coming up was that ring ring by Mabel like the actual pop song (laughs) but not the film song obviously by J-Lo because it's not like a real and official song so that was in my head and I only remembered it then when I had a really bad night of sleep last night I ended up remembering it then but honestly it drives me mad like it's just the constant repetitiveness of the the same lyrics over and over again and I I don't know I, I, I can't physically stop that what I usually do is I'll focus on breathing and eventually I can get myself back to sleep because I can just but like this is where meditation really helps me and this is why I try and do it every single day so that I can rely on that as a tool when I when my mind is everywhere however it's also quite difficult when because I've also found like nasal congestion is so much worse in pregnancy and like I already struggle with my nose anyway I think I 
have well what I, when I went to the doctor when I was younger she basically said I had quite a lot of allergies they're not like severe but I'm just allergic to things so like dust um like things in the air so I think it can cause irritation in my nose really easily and when you're pregnant you're because there's such an increase in blood volume your blood vessels swell and I think that's why you end up with nasal congestion so when I try and do breathing exercise when I've got nasal congestion it stresses me out even more because I can't breathe so then I can't rely on that as a tool so that's quite annoying as well um please excuse my dog she's very high maintenance sorry if you can hear a bark but yeah so I thought I'd just talk a brief one over hormones just female hormones in general and like the sex hormones and their roles that they play in like the menstrual cycle and pregnancy just because I thought then it's quite a good base for just everyone in general and it just helps to give you a bit more understanding around it um so the first one I'm going to talk about is estrogen estrogen is one of the main sex hormones and it's needed for puberty menstrual cycle and pregnancy it's important for bone building so when we make bones basically estrogen is a big contributor towards the bone building process and this is the same for men as well like men do have estrogen as well now when this is why we are females particularly can be more prone to issues with bone density later on in life because if you for instance don't have a menstrual cycle then you're not producing enough estrogen and you're not contributing to building enough bone. And this can cause effects later in life when we maybe reach menopause and that's when you can increase, well, that's when the risk of um, osteoporosis is increased. But if we don't make the most amount, like if we don't reach peak bone mass, peak bone mass, peak bone mass in those bone building years, which is from when we're born pretty much till you peak around like 30 maybe a little bit before but like 30 is like the latest probably um they're they're like the peak bone building years and obviously if you're not making enough bone during that time and making it as optimal as possible then as it decreases obviously when you have loads of like good bone mass then you're not as at risk because not as much has been lost however when you have not as great bone mass then when it does start to be like clawed away you're obviously at more risk then of getting issues such as osteoporosis like weakening of the bones um it affects mood as well so estrogen plays a role in increasing serotonin and the number of serotonin receptors receptors in the head and serotonin is one of those happy hormones and it supports the production of endorphins which is obviously the feel-good hormone so estrogen kind of increases mood like you tend to find pre-ovulation for instance that you might be feeling like a lot happier in yourself and things now it's not always the case again there are so many variables taken into account externally as well but usually you know you feel good around ovulation and that's like the best part probably of your menstrual cycle like i say given considerations to other factors as well like which can affect it because not everybody can feel the exact same and not even you will feel the exact same every menstrual cycle so that's just something to take into account now estrogen as well isn't just like one hormone it estrogen is the name of like a collective group of hormones so you have estrange which is e1 primary form of estrogen that your body produces after menopause then estradiol estradiol 
I can never pronounce them, so I'm sorry, um, which is E2 and primary form of estrogen in your body during reproductive years. So when you've when you've started menstruation and gone through pre, pre ugh, I can't actually speak puberty. And then estriol, which is E3, and that's a primary form of estrogen during pregnancy. That so that would be the most prominent during if you're pregnant versus if you weren't pregnant. Now, estrogen in pregnancy, it helps so it helps thin right okay hang on i'm just getting ahead of myself here okay so right preconception so if you were going to get pregnant or it doesn't even matter even if you're not going to get pregnant right you have a fertile window in your menstrual cycle and that's usually around the midpoint again this is very different for everyone mine isn't around the midpoint mine's a bit later but as a generalization it's around the midpoint of your cycle so like 14 15 days but like i say everybody's very different so it's not a one-off like one size fits all basis like i say mine's later mine's like 17 16 17 18 days usually and during that time like you're in your fertile window so the four days prior to ovulation and then the one day after is when you are most fertile and you only ovulate for one day, but sperm can live in the cervix for up to like five days, which is why you have like a weak fertile window. And when you're going through ovulation, your cervical mucus thins, which helps the sperm swim through to reach the fertilized eggs. And if the egg was then fertilized, what would happen in pregnancy is estrogen would then increase playing a role in helping the baby grow until the placenta takes over and then i'm pretty sure that then the placenta would produce estrogen but i'm not actually sure so that's just a really i'm just actually just throwing that out there completely off the top of my head so maybe don't take that in as real information (laughs) but basically estrogen initially is the main increase in supporting the baby grow until the placenta takes over and then it supports the baby's organs growing but estrogen may influence ligaments to be softer and put pressure which can then cause like pressure on your lower back and pelvis because of the ligaments being slightly softer another hormone which may be related to this is relaxing but i don't actually think that that's sure whether it, it is a massive increase in like causing risk of injury from relaxing i don't know if it is just a like a multitude of hormonal changes which causes the these more relaxed ligaments which then can obviously cause slight issues because they're not as strong as they were before not necessarily strong but obviously the more relaxed hence relaxing etc um the presence of estrogen makes it more comfortable to have sex so it actually keeps your walls thick and elastic and lubricated which is which then supports like reducing, well, sorry, why am I saying supports? It then reduces pain associated with sex. So that's usually why, well, that's why it's more comfortable to have sex because of estrogen, it plays a role in that. And maybe if you had like lower estrogen levels, it, it might might cause discomfort. So again, that, that would be a different like associated disorder. But that's roughly what the role of it is in pregnancy. Now, in menstrual in like the menstrual cycle obviously these pretty much coincide with each other so it regulates the menstrual cycle it makes the line of the uterus which is called the endometrium thicker and more receptive to fertilized eggs and then it plays a role in ovulation which i mentioned previously and this peaks 
just before ovulation in your fertile window. So just before you ovulate, you'll reach peak in ovulation, which if you were someone who was trying to get pregnant, then you would find that if you're taking, like using ovulation sticks, or if you just wanted to know when you ovulated, if you use an ovulation sticks, you would have a peak day and then the egg would re- be released. So in the next 24 hours from that peak is what usually happens. Um, I'm only mainly going to talk about estrogen and progesterone in this just because, like I say, there's obviously millions of hormones in the body, but these are the main ones in reproduction and the, like menstrual cycle. However, I am going to mention, because we are talking about pregnancy as well, there's also um, HCG, which is produced when um, fertilisation of the egg does happen. And this is created by the placenta and it's human. I, do you know what? It's really hard to say words of stuff. Like, I don't understand why whoever scientists, whichever scientists like discovered these hormones, why they make the name so difficult, but it's human chorionic gondotropin. Okay. I might have absolutely hacked that up, but that's produced when you, when the, fer- when the egg gets fertilized by sperm and it's produced by the placenta and it's found in the blood at about 11 days post-conception, maybe a bit early to be fair. And then around like a little bit later in the urine and that's what pregnancy tests test for is HCG in the urine, which is why they say like, wait until like 12 days post-ovulation, 15 days post-ovulation or whatever, because it's going to be more prevalent then. And it and it kind of, it, it massively increases. Like I think it, it like doubles every almost, every three days um and this increases up until like eight to ten weeks and you'll find that it peaks around 10 weeks which is usually it's not so hcg isn't massively linked well it is linked to first trimester like those shitty symptoms that you feel in the first trimester but i don't think there's solid evidence to say yes this is it i think because there's a multitude of hormones increasing throughout pregnancy like it's hard to just say this is it but it peaks around eight to ten weeks which is usually when people feel like the worst in pregnancy and then it starts to decrease throughout pregnancy and yeah and then it decreased from that point onwards um and it helps thicken the uterine lining which is what both hormones do to be fair so progesterone estrogen and hcg i'm really sorry about my dog because she's being so irritating <laughs> so hopefully she'll stop barking now um so progesterone now progesterone supports menstruation it helps maintain the early stages of pregnancy too little progesterone can cause complications with pregnancy and getting pregnant now and and for like menstruation it can also cause similar effects to menopause so if you have low progesterone it might cause effects with menstruating regularly so having a regular menstrual cycle and before I got pregnant I had quite a few tests because my menstrual cycle was very up and down it was I've, I've got very sensitive hormones I've lost my menstrual cycle multiple times and I was having like a 39 day period then like a 26 day period and that's very irregular because there's such a large variable in between of the days I think they say like a week change is quite normal but obviously 26 to 39 is is quite a lot and I remember going for quite a few tests and stuff and until I saw like the last doctor she nobody tested progesterone and then when I saw her she said like if you're trying to get pregnant it's the most important thing to test 
because that's what maintains the pregnancy and I didn't realize that at the time I was like oh I thought it was other things because that's you know nobody ever tested my progesterone levels and you usually get your progesterone levels tested I think is it the day of ovulation or is it seven days I think it's a week after you've ovulated because that's when it will start to increase to obviously as a basis to then make a viable pregnancy but if you don't then that's when your menstrual cycle comes and it'll start to decrease so having low progesterone can affect those things so yeah that's just something to bear in mind if you're ever struggling with things like just go to the doctors and make sure you're getting every like progesterone estrogen etc tested rather than just testing like one hormone and i know that it can feel really awkward like demanding what you want but but i didn't realize and it would have saved me so much time if i'd have known that but things like for me it was over exercising that was probably causing my lower levels of progesterone which was then affecting my menstrual cycle and causing it to be such a wide variable in days so anyway completely off topic there but um progesterone prepares the endometrium for a fertilized egg to implant if the pregnancy doesn't occur the endometrium sheds during your menstrual cycle if conception occurs progesterone increased to support the pregnancy so that's when so as after you've ovulated you'll then start to gradually get an increase in progesterone levels and they then if if it's like a viable if if you fertilize the egg if you're trying to get pregnant or whatever then they will continue to increase however if you're not that's when it will reach its peak and then it'll drop off usually like two weeks later or something again everybody's very different so i'm not going to be exact but as an approximation they say about like 10 days uh, like two weeks later or 10 to 12 days later or whatever so progesterone in the menstrual cycle again similar in pregnancy like the role is the same up until whether the egg's fertilized or not but the corpus luteum forms from the empty egg follicle yeah from the empty egg follicle and begins producing progesterone and then the corpus luteum is a temporary gland that helps support the beginning of pregnancy if conception occurs so regardless of whether you're trying to like this process is still going to happen your corpus luteum forms in this part of the menstrual cycle and then that starts producing the progesterone again in respect of if someone is going to get pregnant like the whole point of the menstrual cycle is based on like getting pregnant basically isn't it well not you don't need to but that's what it is viable for if you know what i mean then progesterone like will thicken the uterine lining and creates a good environment for a fertilized egg to implant and if the fertilized egg doesn't get fertilized no (laughs) that doesn't make sense if the egg isn't fertilized then pregnancy obviously isn't going to occur and the corpus luteum breaks down i'm saying it like harry potter spelled the corpus luteum (laughs) corpus luteum breaks down it then obviously progesterone levels start to decrease causing the uterine lining to thin and break down and start and that's when your period starts now if in pregnancy the corpus well fucking hell what's wrong with me today can you tell i've not had any sleep well, I have had sleep, but very, 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 very poor sleep. <sighs> That's why I can't talk. Okay. If the egg is fertilized, the corpus luteum doesn't break down and progesterone continues to be made. And this will continue to increase throughout pregnancy. 
and the uterine lining thickens and it'll be rich in blood vessels which provide nutrients for the fertilized egg so that's what's going to start giving the baby what it needs to help it grow once the placenta forms that's that will take over producing the progesterone and the highest levels of progesterone are found usually in the third trimester. So in each trimester, the levels are increasing and then they reach their peak in, in the third trimester, which is weeks 28 to 40. High levels prevent the body from ovulating. So the reason why there's such high levels of progesterone is to stop the body ovulate, like stop the, yeah, the body, like stop your, why can I not speak? Stops you from ovulating. Cause obviously if you're pregnant, you don't need to be ovulating. Um, it suppresses uterine contractions as well, which helps to avoid preterm labour. So that's why it's so high as well during the last trimester, because it supports reducing the risk of contractions happening to avoid preterm labour and helps the boobs to prepare for breastfeeding, which, again, depends if you can do it or not. But something the reason why your boobies get so big as well. Um, Estrogen plays a role in this as well. So it's a mix of kind of both hormones, which play a role in pretty much everything. Low levels of progesterone in pre-pregnancy make it harder to conceive. And that's what I mentioned previously. So that's why progesterone is quite an important, they're all important hormones, to be honest, if you're trying to conceive, but um, progesterone is the initial one of like supporting the viability of it. And that's what helps continue it on initially. So that's why... I struggled initially to get pregnant because I had such crazy hormone levels and I think this was due to just over-exercising. I've read that I think more than like seven hours a week of training can influence this. Now again, everybody's very different so it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And I'm I'm in no way, by the way, a professional within hormones or anything like that. This is just information that is, you know, it is research-backed but I'm just relaying it from that. And I'm not saying this is what works for everyone. It's just more, I'm just trying to give you the information that you might not necessarily know about, because I think it's important to understand hormones and the function, whether you're trying to get pregnant or not. I think it's still important because they can contribute to so many changes within the body and they're not always fun changes, but being able to understand why they happen, I think is important. And this is where it comes to mood and progesterone and mood. So estrogen can kind of is like the more happier hormone now i'm not going to say again like that that is it because progesterone also contributes to that as well however there are probably more associations with certain mood changes that are related to progesterone so it's got a more of an influence and contributes towards more um mood (laughs) symptoms associated with pmdd which is pre-menstrual dysphoric disorder again if i've made a hash of this like please correct me because this is so complicated but that's like a severe form of pms so obviously with pms you might get like menstrual cramps mood changes but with pmdd it's more severe mood changes so people might actually suffer with like like pre-menstrual depression and anxiety and things like that as well as like more severe symptoms those physical symptoms of cramps etc and this can be due to the role that progesterone plays and maybe might be slightly higher or lower again like these are the variables um and obviously if you've not got pmdd it does also cause just emotional changes as well and is linked to more lower mood changes so 
like you know what lower moods are but you know maybe more anxious overthinking sad etc and you know in pregnancy can influence that as well however this is why I can't be super specific with it because when you have such high like such variables with both hormones and like in pregnancy for instance both are constantly increasing they can both kind of play a role in in mood changes and things like that because there are so many variables but also external influences as well if you have external stresses in your life like they are gonna influence your mood changes so you might just be more susceptible at certain times for instance of your menstrual cycle like it might find during your luteal phase which is the latter end of your menstrual cycle when progesterone is increasing more that you have those more or you're, you're more susceptible to, to those mood changes and maybe influence externally might affect you a little bit more. It may also be linked to breakouts as well because I know before my menstrual cycle I would always get really bad like I have always suffered with, with acne anyway but um, usually in the latter half of my menstrual cycle like before my period starts I found that I definitely get like oilier skin and like more spots and stuff and I know that's quite common for a lot of people so they, they think progesterone may influence that but again it's very hard to be like yes this is it in any kind of science you can never say this is the exact reason to be honest it's always more like this is this may be the influence um and then the steep decline in progesterone during the luteal phase is associated with sleep disturbances so during towards the end of your luteal phase before your menstrual cycle starts there like you so before the menstrual cycle starts well, the menstrual cycle starts because progesterone decreases, which means obviously an egg's not been fertilized. So progesterone then decreases quite rapidly. And this is what can cause sleep disturbances. And then, because again, I always used to get poor sleep before my period started, like a few days before my period started. Now in pregnancy, I honestly think that it's just a mixture of all the hormones up and down that causes those changes. And and like pregnancy insomnia I think they found that you have maybe an increase in non-REM sleep or REM sleep I need to look at that because I'm just literally throwing out random facts but there's so many things going on in pregnancy that you you probably get sleep disturbances as well as things that you're going to be thinking about you know you having a baby what do you need to do I'm also I have my own business like there are so many things that are going on in my head so it's understandable that sleep disturbances are going to happen but I think particularly because you've got a consistent rise of these hormones and it's constantly changing it's going to cause some sleep disturbances as well and that makes a lot of sense and obviously with your body changing as well that can also cause it um and then you so premenstrual cycle that premenstrual cycle um pre-period i know a lot of people find that they get an increase in appetite now there's a multitude of reasons for this but progesterone is may stimulate appetite and then estrogen tends to well may may is more of the reason why it's suppressed so that that's one factor why your appetite increases may increase like before your period starts however you also find that there is an increase in appetite due to the actual change in your basic basal metabolic rate and this is because after ovulation your um oh my gosh my brain just went completely dead then 
<laughs> your temperature, your body temperature increases, and this is just due to everything going on in your body, like hormone changes, etc., and everything else. Your body temperature increases, which causes an increase in energy requirements. So your body actually does need a little bit more food, which is why you're actually okay if you just eat a little bit more food. Like nothing will happen. I think if you've got a balanced diet, you'll be sound. Just don't obviously smash like 20 bars of chocolate, but there's no reason why you can't allow yourself to have the chocolate that you're craving, but then also maybe increase in other meals throughout your day so for instance increasing like your protein intake maybe a little bit and adding more veg and stuff to your meals to help maintain satiety a little bit more but progesterone is also something that may be stimulating that appetite as well and finding why you feel like a little bit more of a bottomless pit and again this will play a role in pregnancy but also growing a human you're gonna need a little bit more food and I think in your second and third trimester that's when you start to increase your food a little bit more when they say you're not eating for two, like you're not, but you do need increased requirements during the second and third. It's not just staying the same the whole way throughout because your body and energy requirements are going to increase throughout due to one, your body mass increasing to adjust, like a human growing inside you. Um, but your, your body's using more energy just to do things in general because your body weighs more. So you're going to need a little bit more food as well. So that's basically why I think I'm not sleeping well because there's a lot going on, isn't there? And I mean, oh my God, my dog, I'm so sorry that she's just the background to this um, <laughs> podcast today. But yeah, this is probably why I'm not sleeping well and everything else that's going on and like my hormones being absolutely wild and my mood being just absolutely wild at the moment because female hormones, there's a lot going on, okay? Guys have got it so easy and they don't understand it. And this is why mood changes happen in our menstrual cycle throughout every single month because of these fluctuations in hormones. So I think having a better understanding of what's going on in your body and learning the general theme of what's going on each month and how you're, how what symptoms you have is really useful because then it helps you to just allow them to happen rather than trying to fight them. Like one thing that I'm trying to do is just let it be let it happen and then let it go of my mood at the moment I'm just letting rather than just trying to suppress it I'm just letting it just do what I want trying to do the things still supporting of it but just letting go of it and not allowing it to fully take over me is what's been quite useful and just reminding myself of those things and that they are going to keep changing so I hope you found this helpful if you have any questions obviously drop me a message and have a wonderful day